Copacetic Podcast, Episode 8, Dream Scenario. A24's new comedy starring Nicolas Cage, directed by Christopher Borgli, some Norwegian filmmaker, kind of a Vimeo rock star. He's got music videos, short films. Motherfucker's got stat dicks. That's all I gotta say. These guys know what's up. All right, fuck that guy. I wanna know about you guys. What did you think about Dream Scenario? It reminded me of Alexander Payne's Downsizing. I haven't seen that one. You don't need to see it. I've heard of that. Where the whole movie centers around this sort of phenomenon. You don't even know how to spell phenomenon. <laughs> Wait, sorry, we didn't address it. It's the four of us. Oh, okay. No. Can I need to? I think it's kind of cool. All our voices are just going to blend. <laughs> I think you should say it's the first time that we're all, we're all in it. And that we're holding hands as we holding do this. Holding dicks. <laughs> but you say it. You're the host. No hearing in our voices. So you were saying that it's uh, it's it reminds me of downsizing because it it centers around this sort of phenomenon, and then it's really just the emotional fallout of that phenomenon. This was definitely better than downsizing. There's funny parts. There was like spurts of it being a thriller. I mean, Nick Cage is so entertaining to watch. So that's, I, I really liked that. Michael Sarah was pretty good. It was fine. I'm not mad at it. That's a great review from you. <laughs> this movie, I enjoyed. It was really fun. Like an easy movie to watch. And the character's kind of insufferable, which is kind of refreshing. It wasn't some hero. He's just a lame, uncool dad who wanted some sort of recognition. And it was fun to watch him navigate that especially with a marriage and you see how it plays out with his daughters and the whole family unit i thought they did a good job of making a family and making it believable but it towards the end of the second act i was getting a little bored yeah i think towards the end i was like ah you know got a little gimmicky but i did enjoy that most of the movie wasn't like heavy-handed with sci-fi this phenomenon wasn't really ever explained like it didn't really matter it was just a matter of fact the cinematography was nice in the sense that it was like, it wasn't anything extremely special. It didn't pop out, and I thought that was a good thing. It made it commonplace and more believable. There were some moments where it was like super in-your-face tracking shots during some of the dream sequences, which was nice in the sense that they did shake it up a little bit. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I'd watch it again with somebody. Nice. I thought it was so fucking good. Yeah? Yeah. So entertaining. It, I did I did doze off around the second act because it was kind of like just getting a little repetitive and slow, but I do like like the allegory of fame, of like somebody having a meteoric rise to fame, not knowing how to handle it, and then maybe something happens and then cancel culture gets the best of you. Like a pretty blatant message, but I think it like, it works, you know? Like I, I can totally see that and I can totally see like somebody's demise, even a fair amount of people that have been victims of cancel culture that maybe didn't really deserve to be canceled. And this is a great example of that, of getting canceled for something that was completely beyond your control. Right. And just being helpless and not being able to do anything about it. I also like the Kafkaesque aspect of it, which is like, if you've read uh, The Metamorphosis, where it's like this guy that wakes up one day. Oh, and he's a roach? And he's a roach? Yeah. But essentially, he wakes up and he's a cockroach. And it's not about the fact that he's a cockroach is that it's about more about his family dealing with him being a cockroach, how he's going to sustain his family. And like, it's more about the consequences and not about how it happened. 
I kind of love when films do that, where they have something that's pretty high concept and complex. They just don't try to resolve it because the movie isn't about that. Mm -hmm. And I hate people are trying to like look meaning into that. It's like, look, this is what happened. Spend your disbelief and keep moving right. forward. I like when films just do that. Yeah. I mean, just like in, in terms of themes, I think that kind of covers that. I like the cinematography as well. I wasn't bothered by it. I like the fact that it, they shot on film because I think it kind of adds. At, at the beginning, I was like, why the fuck are you shooting on film, man? Is it just because like, you're trying to be cool? I think it was 16. It was 16. Yeah, it was It looks a lot like grainy. 16 because it was very, very grainy. At first, I was like, oh, is this one of those like young filmmakers that try to be cool and hit fucking shoot film? But then I realized it kind of goes with the story because like the whole thing is kind of like a bad dream. And film kind of evokes that. It has that quality of like things are blurry and, you know, there's like mistakes in dreams or just like how there's like mistakes in film. How you were saying this guy's like a Vimeo guy. Yeah. I kind of like the whole aesthetic of the film, how it's like put together. It kind of feels like music video-like, like Vimeo-like, as if it's just like one of those like very prolific, like a Daniel Wolf, like one of those really good commercial directors yeah. making a really good film. And there hasn't been one of those. Like even Daniel Wolf made a film and like there's a, there's a lot of these guys that have tried to tap into features and not really fully succeeded. But this guy did it exceptionally well because it does have like that aesthetic and that style, but into like a pretty solid narrative. And I hadn't seen that in a while, which makes it refreshing because I feel like a lot of these filmmakers, like the contemporary ones, are a little bit out of touch with like filmmaking styles and techniques and everything is kind of shot. It's like how you're saying, everything's fucking looks the same and stunned the same. At least this brought like a refreshing angle or take to the directing. The way it was cut, it was sound design, the coverage, it's a little bit refreshing at the very least. And I can't stress enough the whole agency shit, dude, how spot on. Yeah. I fucking love that they're painting agency people as fucking morons. Yeah. I mean, he's living by experience. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I think he he's just like this. a massive jab to agencies. And I couldn't be happier that somebody's out there putting that out there. Yeah. That's his life. And he's showing it. He probably had a meeting like that or someone's like sprite. And yeah, he's yeah. like, oh my, shut the fuck no, up. No, no. I'm here for more than just. And they've mentioned Obama just because they think they sound cool to say Obama. Yeah, yeah. That whole agency aspect was so dialed it's in. It's authentic. It's very authentic. Like, it never felt like somebody who kind of knows about commercials. It's like a guy who knows commercials and he's tapping into that. I think, like, general audience that sees this scene, they're going to be like, okay, cool. But, like, for us, and we all worked in commercials. It's so dialed in and so triggering. <laughs> yeah. And I kind of love that. Like, for the niche audience, it's like, fuck, it's, it's just nail on the head. It was just so, so, so dialed in. And Michael Cera's performance was so good. But he was like... It was subtle. So subtle, but so, yeah. like, uh... He was, no, he was very good. He was very spot he on, He had a very know? good performance. His character was, it was mature, too. I believed him to be an adult at an agency. Yes. Did, I didn't feel like it was, like, a yeah. kid playing a funny... It, it was just, like, very... It's just very authentic. And I think a lot of the conversations in the film were pretty authentic. Like, I could feel, like... It was all written. You know how things... Sometimes you look at a movie and it's like, oh, this feels like such a script. Like, it's so written. This felt, like, pretty... At least the interaction between him and the girl at the bar. Yeah. I was like, dude, I can, I can, I can fucking see that play out exactly like that. And th there's just like a mic recording this, you know? They allowed a lot of space in the edit for like reactions and stuff like that. Like when Michael says, let me start over. And he's looking at the snow oh, right. at the window. And you're seeing his <laughs> colleague just like look and not know if she should start the conversation or if he should start the conversation. And like they just like played that awkwardness so, so well which is probably pretty hard to do. Like, you can't just, like, draw something out and it's awkward. Like, it's all, it was really subtle sometimes. Yeah, it was good in that way. And the last thing I want to say is, like, Nick Cage's performance was so good. He was honestly so good. So, like, 
Um, it's a perfect role for him. Idiosyncratic, is that the right word? I don't know, it was just so, like it was so specific at times and like, I don't know, kind of eccentric and pretty brilliant from Nick Cage, to be honest. Your turn. Okay, so I think I'm gonna be the bummer of the group, but I thought this movie was meh. I thought it was weak. One of the reasons is because yesterday I watched this guy's previous film, which is um, Sick of Myself. And that is a Norwegian film, and it's a lot like a young Ruben Ostlin, where it's deadpan, awkward situations, people who are, they're unaware of themselves, they'll say some shit that you're like, what are you saying? And you're, you're, it's cringy and it's funny and all that. And that was that. This movie is not, but the movie I saw yesterday, his previous film was so much funnier, so much more inventive, so much, so much more commentary of, I don't know, this guy's life. And I feel like this movie, it was kind of out of this world. It was, it's a young Vimeo director doing like a family drama kind of thing here, which I don't want to say he didn't do it right, but I don't know. I, I think a lot of the scenes with, with the wife and him felt kind of cookie cutter, kind of hallmarky. And then the concept, I felt like a low rent version or like a dollar store off-brand version of Charlie Kaufman, you know, like adaptation or being John Balcomich, Synecdoche, New York. This movie, of course, I think the concept is fun and the dream sequences were really cool. But I think overall, there was not enough laughs for me. That was one thing. There was chuckles. I know you called it a comedy and I was going to jump in and be like, is it? No. Right? But it's what might not be set out to be. It, it's a dark comedy. It's meant to have humor, but it's exactly not a comedy. I don't think we need to. Well, like Synecdoche in New York is kind of the same thing where yeah. it's like it turns for the worse and it's supposed to be like a rumination on almost humanity. Yeah. Do you think, do you think being John Malkovich is funny? Hell yeah. Super funny. Yeah. I think his thing is really funny. There's so many jokes. That's a comedy. That's a dark comedy. But so, uh, Schenectady, Schenectady, whatever the fuck. Schenectady. Uh, there's moments where you're like laughing really loud. Yeah, yeah. I think here, this maybe the, this thing about this movie, there's moments that I think were supposed to be funny, were but were not. That there were misses for sure that were intended to be funny and were not. And of course, this is me comparing to his previous film, which is, was a whole lot funnier. It's pretty vanilla across the board. I mean, it's not really super sad super dramatic super funny super yeah. thriller that's why i say meh super anything no it's but i do think that the best part but also the worst part it's kind of weird to say this is the introduction of the molly character i think i mean first of all she's gorgeous i, I could stare at her forever dream babe for me <laughs> she was funny you know the way she would just look at him during that boardroom or whatever thing that was funny and then when they go out there was like some like excitement when you would sit down at the bar with her you know yeah. when they're flirting i'm like oh we're getting somewhere but then when they go back to her place i got i got kind of let down because i feel like this concept it was so much bigger than where the film was heading you know it's kind of like oh old guy is gonna chew with his wife things go downhill you know what i mean like i feel like the world was so much bigger than this yeah, that was the that was where the interesting movie was right there. Yeah, but I don't get it. What were you expecting? No, but that moment where the she's trying to recreate her dream, right. like that idea is so much more interesting than where the movie ended up going. Like the movie ended up going kind of just almost as like a family drama, but like yeah, it is. But that's leaning into like that's not doing what you were saying, which is like leaning into the concept, the high concept, and taking that for a spin rather than just the emotional fallout of the phenomenon that's happening. Yeah. 
the reason why I say it's the best part and the worst part is because that was the most engaged I was, but also that was like the peak of the film. Because really from then on, I feel like the film didn't know what to do with its own concept. Yeah, I agree. And from there, it's like, okay, what if things turn bad? What if like everyone now hates him for yeah. stream things? Yeah. It was almost like testimonial after testimonial. Right. Act like reaction, reaction to him, reaction. I was just going to say that. It was so redundant. It became this thing where it's like, we get it. Things have turned bad. And it was like different examples of the same thing. I just thought, well, then what was the whole, the whole Molly thing? I thought like that was introducing something, but it, in a way, it kind of disrupted the films because there was there was momentum there, and that moment really just like it went downhill from there for me because it didn't keep going up. It was just more examples, more examples. So it was just Cause holding I, station. It was kind of like he had just gotten out of this agency meeting, and the possibilities could be endless as far as like what this could become. Exactly, and what it became was just disarray of just like so you wanted something bigger after this well i, I wanted the movie to continue going up and it, what it did is it went down which i'm okay because like some of my favorite films are the rise and fall of things you know in the middle it's like the worst and it comes down but the engagement the the humor the unpredictability kind of it it went down as well you well, know we got it after a certain point we got what was happening yeah. and like here's the fallout here's situation one two three Whereas I, what you're talking about, and I totally agree, is the the scene with that girl whose name was Molly. Yeah, that's my baby. You better say nice things about her. <laughs> is that the actress or the character? I don't give a shit. <laughs> no, I, it's her. It's her name. It's her character name. Okay. So that scene was different than just Nick Cage's family and his emotional fallout of this thing. That was a different thing. Yeah. That was something else, like a different thing that could happen. And that's why that was so interesting. And I agree. I wish they kept pushing in that direction. I wish that there was more of those things happening to him. Where he, and that's harder to write and harder to think about it and put together. It'd be cool if he loses himself in this new world. Like, there's so many things you can do yeah. with that. And then the film, yeah, it became redundant. And I think it just, it was too long. It needed a trimming. And I think it overstayed its welcome. I do think the whole influencer shit was unnecessary. Right. And the whole device, it felt like a whole different movie. It was a desperate attempt for a third act. Yeah, and also I think it is speaking from a world like the soullessness of, of, of taking a moment, turning into a product, and like the director knows where he's coming from, but I feel like that could have been a different film. You could have done that somewhere else, but this whole device thing was completely not necessary, and it really ruined a great moment for me where he decides, you know what, I'm gonna stand up for myself, I'm gonna go to the school, and that whole shit goes down and the fingers get cut off, which I fucking jaw dropped. I don't know about you guys, but I was like, holy fuck. And I smiled because I'm like, this is, we're getting somewhere. Yeah. Shit is hitting yeah, the yeah. fan. And, and what's great is that at that moment, I kind of thought, is this a dream? Because we have those moments where like someone gets killed and then like someone wakes up and they're like, oh, that was just a dream. And I thought, this, this isn't a dream though. This is going on. This is happening. This is happening. And then they tackle him and then it cuts to that commercial of the influencer shit, it kind of like pulled the rug underneath me where I'm like, what does this mean? Is this a new direction we're going in? And then the, again, the movie continues with him trying to find a new place. And I think it was kind of stupid again, kind of generic, kind of cliched that the wife is there at the kids play with her coworker. Do you see that? Yeah, the bald guy. As if they're having an affair. And first of all, he's young and she's old as shit. She's even hot, you know, like, is that, is that likely? I don't think so. But do we need this in a movie? No. If you want to be like a tropey kind of a moment, the film's ending, right? The film ends with the wife having the dream that she wanted to have. That ending, it showed that this movie was about them, you know? It, it ends there and the movie was about this relationship, this this couple, this 
husband and wife that they fell apart. But at the end, when that scene happened, I just thought, that's what the movie was about. Like the film was telling me then, like, yeah, oh, the movie's about this. And I just thought, was it? Like the scenes you gave me with them were kind of generic just to hold up the prop of the, this is a family or, you know, they're married. But I mean, what, what does this movie have to say about their marriage? Nothing really. I know the movie was about their marriage. It wasn't, but I guess it was. But the thing about the, the device, I think the film would have been so much more powerful if if there was no device. He didn't induce that. Instead, if it just happened naturally, I agree. I fully like. Agree. There's a scene of like her like on a couch reading a book, and she closes her eyes and falls asleep, and then that dream happens, and then the last shot is him opening his eyes and waking up, and you're like, wait, did they share that dream or? Did he have it and she didn't? Like, you kind of, you, you didn't need the device for him to appear in her dream. Exactly. It would have been believable without it. He already can do that. Yeah. And for, and it also kind of says like, oh, he's now be able to go into dreams and be a, a beacon of light, uh, a, a healing thing and all that. And you wonder, is that what just for her or is this going to be for other people? You know, like that device just really took away from what the film set up. Because then you're like, oh, so it was a device this entire time? What does that, what does that have to say about his powers? It kind of, unveiled too much and it it just weakened the whole thing it weakened it yeah it weakened the whole concept it did i fully agree but i think it goes back i think what he's what the what the director's trying to say is what you said initially with your review is like it's about having like something nice a good moment and turning it into a shitty product i, I don't think the movie is that it's not it's not but he's commenting on that aspect of agency and product and consumerism but, but it, that's not needed sure like, like if you take that out the film is not about that you know what I mean? That is literally a sliver of, of a remark that is so... Well, the, I mean, there's a big agency aspect to this when he goes into the boardroom. And that's how this ties up to the product later on in the film. When you pivot, when you pivot and you make it about a device is what I'm talking about, that you're taking away from the concept of a sure. film and also the meaning behind the family thing. So yes, he's trying to spin it and be like, oh, but it's also about a remark. And it's like, why do you need that? Because how does that ever play it also in? confuses the whole plot. It's confusing. That's why I'm like, what are you talking about? I don't see the connection at all. I get it saying, I'm going to use this and make it about this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, it, it's unneeded. I, I agree. I mean, I agree that that scene is supposed to be a satire on how capitalism turns anything into a product. But we don't fucking need that. We all know that. That's not what the movie was. Like, yeah. what? why do we suddenly now need this PSA about capitalism? This guy couldn't restrain himself for taking a jab at agency culture and he made his film worse by it. I do like when like these kind of like highbrow sophisticated films just kind of land on a fart joke yeah, because fart is always funny but it's not funny when you do it like Adam Sandler way when it's like that's not funny not to say Adam Sandler isn't funny but it's just it's not funny there but when it's like this whole thing is like 824 like real and shit and then it's just like a fucking fart joke I'm like so great such so a like breath of fresh air literally <laughs> I was also wondering, are there other people that are having sexual dreams? Because it seemed like she was literally the only one. I have a theory about and that. And I was wondering... Yeah, I'm also wondering about that. Like, he was passive on almost 90% of people's he dreams. He was passive with everybody, only sexual with her, and then was a terrorist with the other, with, after that. I do have a theory about why these dreams, maybe not why they're happening to the world, but why they shifted, why it turned into awful thing and also why she had a sex dream and i think it's because in the beginning all the dreams were him, him doing nothing he was just fucking raking just standing there and that's because in that moment in life he felt very passive he felt like he wasn't doing much you know 
he, he never wrote this book that it was in the back of his mind. He was just like going through the motions of life. Later on, he feels victimized because he reads in the newspaper that this lady coined the term ant intelligence or whatever. And he, he's like, fuck, fuck. And he feels like he got taken advantage. He feels victimized. He feels, yeah, victimized is the best word for it. So from then on, all his dreams are, are people being victimized then, you know? But that's my theory of why these dreams shifted. And then the thing about the middle, why there was a sex dream is because he had the conversation about his wife, about like, what would you want to have as a sex dream? Is any like you big and shoulders and you come in naked and you have a big cock and all that. In the moment, it felt a little sexy, like maybe I'll do that. But then that same night, there was a home invasion and he's like, what are you doing in my house? And the guy with the knife in there. So I think in that moment, he experienced those things. He felt sexy and there was a home invasion. Later on, we meet Molly and she has a dream about home invasion, but it's him, but it turns sexy, you know? It's like those two little things that happened in that night that he felt and Molly took that. Before before you dive in, I want to touch on something that I thought was kind of kind of cool. It was like a prop or a lighting gag, but like lights played a part in a lot of the beats sometimes where it was like him and his wife were fighting. She turns off the light on him and he's pissed and then he turns on his own light and then it's a new like mood setting. And then when he's finally kicked out of the house, there's a light switch that he can't find and he's trying to turn the light switch off and it's kind of getting him paranoid and then later there's book signing and he's uh, again underneath the fluorescent light and it hits him in the face like there was enough times where it didn't seem like an accident where it was like he was struggling against like the lights whether that has to do with dreaming and going into sleep or or something like I that. I think it's part that and part that I don't, have you seen Waking Life by Linklater? Yeah. They talk about how lights don't work in dreams. All right. Remember that like yeah. light switches? Yeah. So that might be tied to it as well. Like, yeah, yeah. There, there might be a correlation between yeah how lights yeah. are like work in dreams you know that's something you're supposed to do when you're trying to lucid, lucid dream. dream exactly and that's what waking life is about they set the stage for it to be a much darker film yeah and then they didn't go for it i wanted something deeper yeah like yeah, I, you, you nailed it on the head when you said vanilla and that was fine like oh, i love vanilla like i want vanilla with some chocolate fudge though and fucking sprinkles i'm gonna have vanilla you know the scene when he like breaks that girl's hand that was, I agree, that was really exciting because that is where it starts to get dark and deep, but then they just left. No, and then it cuts to that fucking was irrelevant. And, and also the scene with Molly too, like that could have gotten really dark as well. And, oh, yeah. and that the idea of that too, yes. is they could have pushed it yes. in very dark and it could have, it could have been, yeah. become much more suspenseful and like on edge. It could have been like... Yorgos Lanthimos' films, The Lobster. This movie could have been like Lobster, like a dark comedy that you laugh at, but could get very dark. The Lobster gives you enough room to be like, this is wacky, uh, satirical, and you could laugh at everyone's misfortunes and also the insane reality of you could turn to a creature, but at any moment, you realize this is fucking warped. I wish, yeah, I think wacky is the right word. I wish that they leaned, I wish he leaned into it the wacky nature of yeah. a lot of the elements of this movie especially nick cage like he has so much potential to be wacky and in a really genuine and fun way and i think the casting in this movie wasn't wacky enough i think nick cage was great but his wife was too too real yes too real and her the kids too there was room for there there to have been but i think that was the tone that he wanted to convey I definitely it was a decision i think he was like okay this is happening in real life to an ordinary cookie cutter guy the whole fucking film is subdued as it can get. It's like set in like suburban America. And like, what if this actually happens? I don't think he was trying to be all that eccentric, but I guess like you're casting Nick Cage, you have a high concept. Like 
Might as well. Right, that's what we're saying. Might as well go big or go home. But like, I, I still respect like being kind of like toned down. It was, it was, you know, because what if, what if it happened to like somebody normal? It was too in between of a wacky Charlie Kaufman world and grounded in reality. What if this is happening in reality? It was somewhere in between yeah. and I would have appreciated one or the other. Give me a, a real movie where this shit is like a, like a phenomenon. Like what is going on? The dimensions of that. Or give me a Charlie Kaufman. This shit is fun, kind of crazy. And you walk out having a good time. This movie was somewhere between. Yeah. I thought, I just thought it was meh. I'll never watch it again. There was promise there, but I think halfway it just really shit the bed. It just went so downhill that at the end there was, it wasn't enough to redeem it. Then I just thought, damn, you really, you really had something there, guy. And I got to recommend his previous film, Sick of Myself. Okay, so that covers it. That's Dream Scenario. Thanks for listening.